Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. Praise the Lord. Amen. Open with me to the book of John, John chapter 3. We are continuing on our series titled The Exalted Christ. And um, this has been such a wonderful study for me personally. And because of time, I want to just jump right into this. The title of today's message is The Law of Spiritual Gravity. The Law of Spiritual Gravity. The exalted Christ will eventually and ultimately force you to address the law of spiritual gravity in your life if you really want to know him and if you really want to experience the abundant life that Jesus offers, then in a sense you have to line yourself up with the spiritual law of gravity. Now, um, on the earth we know there's a physical law of gravity and that states that whatever goes up has to come down. And um, it basically says, this was actually discovered, we know by Isaac Newton, that, that an object will drop, will drop at 32 feet per second squared. And uh, we've all experienced that. And no matter how high you jump, I know you, how many know you actually come back down. And in the kingdom, there's a spiritual law of gravity that states something similar but different. In the kingdom, the spiritual law of gravity states that he must go up and we must go down. Okay? Now this is very, very important for everyone in my hearing. If you're in the room today, you may as well say, God has me here today. Amen? May as well. And as you say that, a message like this is vitally important because this message puts you in tune with the exalted Christ, with his kingdom and his ways. There are people that experience amazing blessings from God and there are others that miss out and it's because in part they refuse to align themselves with the spiritual law of gravity and uh, he must go up and everyone, we must go down. You see, there's a drop that is not a demotion, it's actually a promotion. And I want to put up one quote to you before we read and really get into this. Uh, um, because of time, I want to just really get at this. Randy Alcorn said this, none of us can enthrone the true God, unless in the process we dethrone all other gods. Okay? If he's going to be the true God who sits on the throne of your heart, there's also a process of dethroning all the other gods. And, uh, um, and it, part of that is us lining ourselves up with this spiritual law of gravity. So let's, let's go ahead and read uh, um, so the Bible says here, 
After this, Jesus and his disciples went out into the Judean countryside where he spent some time with them and baptized. Now John, this is John the Baptist, also was baptizing at Aeon near Salim because there was plenty of water and people were coming and being baptized. This was before John was put in prison. An argument developed between some of John's disciples and a certain Jew over the matter of ceremonial washing. Now what was happening here is most likely is that they were asking why they baptized in the first place in part because in the Old Testament they didn't baptize. Uh, uh, baptism is really an issue of the New Testament and baptism essentially and ultimately is a reflection of the same way Christ goes down, went down into the grave on the third day, he rose again. When you give your life to Jesus, you make a public confession of faith by being baptized. And it's the same symbol that we went down with Christ. How many are thankful that we went down to death with Christ and then we were raised up with newness of life? Can I get an amen? Amen. And so this is what was happening. And then in addition, John's disciples were saying, wait a second. Uh, uh, um, that other guy is baptizing more people. Watch. Look at what happens here. It says, they came to John and said to him, Rabbi, that man who was with you on the other side of the Jordan, the one you testified about, look, he is baptizing and everyone is going to him. And now the law kicks in. Watch this. To this John replied, a person can receive only what is given from heaven. You yourselves can testify that I said, I am not the Messiah, but am sent ahead of him. The bride belongs to the bridegroom. This is amazing. The friend who attends the bridegroom waits and listens for him and is full of joy when he hears the bridegroom's voice. That joy is mine and it is now complete. Now these next two verses are the key verses. The previous verses actually explain these last two verses. So here we go. It says, he must become greater, I must become less. Let's read that together. Ready? He must become greater, I must become less. And then the second verse, this last verse is just as important. Watch this. It says, the one who comes from above is above all. Everyone say above all. The one who comes from above is above all. The one who is from the earth belongs to the earth and speaks as one from the earth. The one who comes from heaven is everyone above all. And what you see here, we'll pray in a moment, what you see here is the rule and the reality of spiritual gravity. The rule of the law of gravity is that he must become greater and I must become less. So look at me for a second. If you really want to be blessed by a relationship with Jesus, if you want to experience the fullness of what your creator has predestined for you, guess what has to happen? He has to go up, and we have to go, everyone. You see, that's the rule. It's irrefutable. You can fight this all you want, but fighting this is like trying to fight gravity. 
How many know anybody who stands up on top of this building and says, yo, I'm so big and bad, I'm going to defy gravity, and I'm just jumping? Okay. How many know when you jump in, a, in, in 32 per second square, whatever, guess what? Pancake. Am I right? So you, you, this is what it is. He must increase. He has to go up. We have to go down. Put the last thing. And then so, so and here's the reality. Here's why. It's because the one who comes from above is above all. So let me pray for a moment. Then we'll get into what happens when we go down. Um, but this is the word of the Lord to our church. This is the word of the Lord to everyone that Jesus loves. And I want us to hear with ears this is the secret and the key to breakthrough. Some people are longing to go up. You know how you break through? Go down. Some people are longing for these amazing things to happen in your life. You know how those amazing things happen? Go down. Because when we go down, then Jesus can go up. So let's pray. Father, thank you for this day and this time. Lord, I pray that you would breathe on the remaining moments of this service. And God, that you would use your words, make them heavy and weighty today. I pray that you would remove every distracting thought in the name of Jesus. I pray, Father, that you would give every heart an ability to be profoundly honest today. And that the conversation would be, be between you and, and each individual heart. Bless this word, O oh God, by your mighty power. And we trust you to do these things in the mighty name of Jesus, everyone said. Amen. Amen. Can I tell you, beautiful and powerful things happen when we go down. Amazing things happen when we go down. So here's, here's actually what is happening. Number one, when we go down, we receive grace. When we go down, we receive grace. When they challenged John and said, hey, you're losing your ministry, you're losing this, you're losing that. He says, time out. You have to understand this. Okay. Remember, this is one complete thought. He says, a person can receive only what is given them from heaven. You see, I can only do what God has given me to do. I can't do this in my own strength. And this is a gigantic mistake that a lot of people make. You see, there are a lot of people in this room that we are so gifted by God and we don't recognize that every gift that we have, every ability, every dollar that you ever made in your life, every good idea, every, every, everything that you ever did that people say, wow, that makes you special, whatever does make you special. Sometimes we think, wow, I'm really special. And how many know the only reason that there's anything special in us is because God, our creator, put that inside of us it's not because of us how many know it's actually because of him can I get an amen a lot of people don't like to hear that you that golden voice that you have that came from God you know that ability to do to do this or to, to turn a deal to negotiate whatever it is you know all of those things they come from God now, here's what happens, though, even in the church. Okay, we don't experience the fullness of God's grace 
because many times we think it's all about us. But the key, the Bible says that God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble, which means that whenever grace is God doing for you what you can't do for yourself, whenever you need help from God in whatever area, it could be in marriage, it could be in your employment, it could be in relationships, the best way to get help from God, brothers and sisters, is to go down. You see, because when we humble ourselves, Instead of getting the resistance of God, does that mean it's possible that there could be someone here in this room and the loving God is not helping them, he's actually resisting them? The answer is yes. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to those who go down to the humble. You know, there's a saying, your arms are too short to box with God. How many know that's true? And so it's important for us to understand that, that the way up and the way to really walk in the blessing, it all begins with grace. We're saved by grace and we live by grace, but God gives grace to the people who go down. Okay, and Christians are not supposed to be arrogant people. Christians are not supposed to be proud and cocky and sassy, we're not supposed to come off like that. We're supposed to be humble people. Can I get an amen? For Christians, the world is not about me. It's about him. Can I get an amen? Hallelujah. Let me just say this, okay, and then we're going to move on. Pride will cause anyone and everyone to lose out on two things. Number one, pride will cause us to lose out on spiritual discernment. What that means is, is that there are things that you should understand and you could understand spiritually, but if you're proud, you lose your spiritual discernment. You see, when someone is arrogant and cocky, history proves this. Could you, you, did you ever think that there were people who walked on this planet at the same time as Jesus, the Son of God, and they saw him do miracles? They saw him feed people. They saw him heal people. They saw him do all of these things. And yet, they didn't recognize who he was because they were proud. When you're proud, you miss the obvious. When you're proud, you miss the biggest help could be smacking you right in the face. You see, pride destroys spiritual discernment. Now when you get down low, then God turns the light on. How many know when we get down low, that's when God shows us the way out. He shows us the open door. He shows us the pathway to victory and blessing. But when we walk in pride then we know God resists the proud. The last thing is, is, is we lose out on receiving grace. You see, when we go down, we start to live by not in my strength, not in my strength, but in Christ in me, the hope of glory. And before I move on, I want to say one last thing. Let the musicians come because I, I need to go quick, even the next two points. Can I tell you something, what I have observed in my own life, I've, I've ex experienced this in the ministry, okay, I've experienced this in my own life and I've observed this as, as someone who's counseled I think a few people over the last 
30 years, okay? God is constantly waiting for people to come to the end of themselves. You see? When, when we say, I can't do this, God, that's when God steps in. And then, you know, while you're, we have so many people are blaming, no, it's this person, that's for this person, that's for, you know, come on already. You know, blaming, pointing fingers and all this, excuse, excuse, like a broken record, violin, a pity party all the time. When you know what's really going on is God is waiting for us to come to the end of ourselves. And if we'll just come to the end of ourselves and get down. Andrew Murray said, humility is the soil in which all the other graces grow. You see? When you go down, that's when grace, grace, God doing for you what you can't do for yourself. That's when it starts to flow. Here's the second thing very quickly. This is really subtle. What I'm about to say is super subtle. And it's easy to miss it. But we need to catch it today. Okay, the second thing that happens when when we go down is that we're included in the mission. We're included in the mission. Look at what the Bible says here. Come on, guys. This is right on the screen. This is the word of God. You yourselves can testify that I am not the Messiah, but am everyone sent ahead of him. This is a big deal. This is a big deal. Are you sent today? Are you living the life of a sent one? You see, because there's a difference between being saved and being sent. There are a lot of people saved, but not everyone is sent. In fact, it's possible that half of the people in this room, or all of the people in this room could be saved, but half of the, only half of the people are being sent. See, when you're sent by God, now you're included in God's mission. That's a turning point. Listen. You know, this Sunday, what is today, the 5th? Okay, November 5th, 2017. This is not theory, okay. In our last service, we had some 12-year-olds I could see. We had some preteens. Maybe you're in college. Maybe you're in high school. You could go 12 years old or 80 years old. The question of the hour is, are you living the life of a sent one? Because God has a mission and we have our own mission. And how many know, how many know God's mission is way better than our mission? How many know God's dream for your life is way better than your dream for your life? So many people miss out on having an eternal impact. Can I tell you, we make so much of people that in the end, their life will mean nothing. We make so, we buy business books, and I, hey, I read business books, no problem with business books. But but you know, we buy business books, and we this, and we focus on success, this, and success that, and money this, and money that. And I'm telling you right now, if you're not on mission, none of it will matter when you stand before Him on that day. Hallelujah. We need to live for that day. We need to live for that day. And the only way you're living for that day is if. You get down because when you get down, that's when you're included in the mission. As long as you're telling God how he should bless you instead of what 
he wants you to do to bless him. As long as you're spending your life on that, you could be saved, but you're not necessarily sent. Lots of people don't like hearing this, but brothers and sisters, listen to me. Listen to me, please. Look at me. Listen. There's no better life than the life that's spent to glorify Christ. That's life you will not regret living for God. You, won't, you may not be famous. You know, you may not get your name on TV. You may not have as many zeros in your bank account as you'd like. But I'm going to tell you right now, there's no life better than the life that Jesus has for us. John was living the kind of life that thousands of years later, in the age of cell phones and airplanes, we're still talking about John the Baptist. His surrender to God was so great that Jesus said, no one born of a woman was greater than this guy. You know why? Because he was willing to go down and find his mission. If you're here today, I'm telling you right now, one of the most important things to do in life is to find your mission in God. Why were you put on the planet? How many know when we seek Him, we'll find Him? When we seek Him, we'll find Him. And so, this is such a, a huge deal. The purpose of God is found. We're included in the mission when we go down. And then here's the last thing, and we're going to close if the singers could come. When we go down, that's when we step in to real joy. Look at this. This is incredible. Man, the Bible talks about things so different than the world talks about things. You know? He said the bride belongs to the bridegroom, the friend who attends... The bridegroom waits and listens for him and is full of joy when he hears the bridegroom's voice. That joy is mine and it is now, everyone, complete. So imagine this, imagine this. So, so uh, uh, I, my son got married three months ago or so and uh, I, I was just sitting right there. But he had, he had his boys with him, you know what I mean? And then he had his best man. And the best man stands there and the beautiful bride walks down. And the best man is just as happy in a sense. You see, my son's best man is his cousin. They grew up, they've been like brothers. They're cousins, but they're like brothers since they're, you know, since they're little kids. And, and the best man is just as happy. It's like, my boy, his dream has come true, even though it's not his dream. You see, you see, Jesus, Jesus has things to offer us that you're not going to find in this world. We think if I get this, if I get that, if I get this, if I get that, that's not the way God's kingdom operates. God's kingdom is different. In God's kingdom, it's better to give than to receive. In God's kingdom, it's better to serve than be served. God's kingdom is different, but when you really step into to your mission and when you really go down, then you walk with a joy that you can only get from God and his kingdom. You can't find that kind of joy anyplace else. 
joy unspeakable and full of glory. Joy unspeakable, full of glory. We're going to close now, and I, I'm going to tell you a personal story. And, I, and can, I, can I tell you, I, I really hesitate to tell this story, and I'm not saying it because I want to be the hero of the story, but I'm saying it because I think it's important. It's a, there's a huge lesson I learned when I was about 23 years old. I had just, I became a Christian at 18. When I was about 23, 22 years old, I, I joined a ministry at Brooklyn Tabernacle called the West Side Ministry. We reached out to these drag queens who lived on the street. They lived in an abandoned garbage dump. The first night we went out there, not only were there a bunch of drag queens there that we were feeding, but there was a homeless guy named Robert. So Robert... Uh, um, was always there. This was his spot. So whenever we went, if we, as we fed the drag queens, we fed Robert. Whatever we did, Robert was included. One day we said, man, and we tried so many different things to help Robert. But one day we said, look, we got we to gotta do something here. And so someone lived in Manhattan. This was on the west side of Manhattan. Someone lived in Manhattan. We took Robert. I actually drove him myself to, to someone's house. Someone lived in a beautiful apartment in Manhattan. He was a photographer. And uh, we took him, and three of us, we gave Robert a bath. And, uh, and that in itself was a trip. Okay? Imagine a guy being on the street who knows how long. Okay? It's like, woo! Kind of thing, you know what I mean? So anyway, we gave him a bath. When we got out of the bath, we put some shorts on him and a T-shirt. And then he sat in and... Uh, uh, um, and somebody was a beautician, and they gave him a haircut. Somebody cut it. He had a big, crazy beard. They cut his beard. Actually, they shaved him. Okay, somebody was doing it. I mean, it was like a day spa for this homeless brother. And I was standing there watching everybody, and I was like, Lord, I want to do something. I don't know what to do. And I was standing there. I looked at his feet. I looked at his toenails. And I was like, nah, Lord. But I know sometimes you go, no, God says, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I, I mean, like I said, I was a kid. I was 22 years old, 23 years old. I got on my knees and I, I cut this guy's toenails. And it was nasty. All right. They were gigantic. They had crust, like they had so much crust. Ooh, I know I'm grossing you out right now. It was nasty. You had to scrape the crust out, get these giant pliers and clip those things. So anyway, I cut the guy's toenails, cleaned his things. It's like, I don't remember cutting my kid's toenails, my wife's toenails. I cut this guy's toenails, right? But nonetheless, so after that, we were taking drag queens and Robert. He was all cleaned up. He looked amazing. It's all cleaned up. We were going to take them bowling, all right? And when we went downstairs to take them bowling, we got in a station wagon. There were so many of us, we didn't fit. And so I was a young guy. I just jumped in the back of the station wagon, and I just laid there. I couldn't sit up because, you know, so I'm just laying there in the back of a couple of bags, like leaning there. And um, can I tell you, it was, I've never felt the pleasure of God like I did at that moment. I can't explain it. It, it, it was even different from when I got married, different when my children were born. You know, there was just, there was something that happened over the next like two hours. I felt the joy, I felt the joy and I felt the pleasure of God in a way that I really can't put into words. But can I tell you, I, 
That was the moment that I knew I got to give my life to serve people. I knew that there was nothing more valuable than serving others. And there comes a place in a person's life, I know this, where God has so much joy, so much victory, so much blessing. But it begins by us going down. Now, God may not ask anybody in this room to clean someone's toenails. But there is someone here that God is asking you to go down. He's saying, how long are you going to hold that against that person? I died so that they could be forgiven. There's somebody here, you're going down is saying, I released that person. There's someone here that you're going down means that you walk away from a relationship because you know that's not God's will. But you have to say, no, Lord, it's not my will, but your will be done. You must increase. You have to be on the throne. You're the king. I'm not the king. Can I tell you something? This happened just recently, literally. This, and this happens often, literally. Like almost begging a young woman who I know is dating the wrong guy. Do you know how many girls we've said, you're dating the wrong guy. We don't have anything against him. He's going to lead you astray. He's going to break your heart. He'll wreck your family. And we're, and we're like, please don't. Please, please don't. And like, oh, you just don't like him. You got to, no, it's not that. He's just, he's not ready to lead a home. Please don't do this. Can I tell you how many times I've done that? There's somebody here, God is telling you, walk away from that relationship. Okay? You know what God is saying? Would you please let me be in charge of your life? The word of the Lord is, would you please let me be in charge of your life? But see, it all begins by, he must increase and I must what? Decrease. It's different for everyone. It's very different for everyone. But let me tell you something. When we go down, that's when he can really go up. Look what it says in Matthew, and we're going to close with this. Matthew 23, 12 says, for those who exalt themselves, I'm telling you right now, if you keep lifting yourself up, guess what happens? For those who exalt themselves will be humbled. Those who humble themselves will be exalted. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, and in due time, you will be what? Lifted up. Last thing, and then we'll close. We'll pray and we'll close. You realize, you realize that there are decisions here that the Holy Spirit is prompting us to make. And he's saying, just line up with the spiritual law of gravity. Just go down. Go down. Say, I'm sorry. Don't justify yourself. Don't protect yourself. Let God have his way. Let that go. Let that deal go. Let that person go. Just go down. Just put Jesus at the top of your life. And watch the amazing eternal impact that you're going to make for his glory. So look, I could make an altar call. But we don't want to make an altar call today.
Because I'm telling you right now, we're failing as a church if you don't go home and seek God sometime. Okay? If, if, if all you do is come here and pray for two minutes, then we are not, this is not right. And so today we want to put something into practice. I want to challenge every person here. When you leave here, this is the Lord's day. Now you've got stuff to do. But how about setting aside an hour to spend with God? Okay? To humble yourself and to say, God, you be in charge of my life. God, you have my life. God, speak into my life. God, help me with my life. God, right now, I'm not pointing fingers at anyone. I just want to go down in your presence and see what you will say. And hear what your mission is for my life. Come on, let's put our hands on our heart right now. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be his name. Holy Spirit, break us. Come and overtake us. You're the one we're living for. Holy Spirit, lead us to the heart of Jesus. There is nothing we want more. Come on, Holy Spirit, break us. Everyone sing it to him. Holy Spirit, break us. Come and overtake us. You're the one we're living for. Holy Spirit, lead us to the heart of Jesus. There is nothing we want more. We want more. Sing it to him. We want wonderful time in your presence and together and God I pray 
Lord, that as this conversation opens, Lord, I pray that it would not close just because we say amen. Father, I pray that on this day, every single person would steal away some time and have a little talk with you. I pray that you would line up every life with the spiritual law of gravity, that you must increase and we must decrease. I pray, oh God, for people in trouble, marriages in trouble, God, people whose backs are up against the wall, that today they would go down so that your grace would be released, oh God. I pray that today, Lord, dreams would be surrendered for the sake of your mission. Today, Lord, that we would stop living for ourselves and start living for your will and your way, oh God. I pray that today, Father, people would begin to experience your joy like never before. Thank you. Release your people, God, to spend time with you today. And we thank you for all the beautiful and wonderful outcomes in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen. Let's put our hands together. Hallelujah.